Welcome back, everybody, to Abundant Journey Podcast. Thanks for jumping in with us today. I'm your host, Nick James, along with Nick Offenkamp, my co-host. And Nick, we got a great show lined up today. Tell us a little bit about our new guest. Yeah, I am absolutely thrilled to have Mike Welsh on. Mike is the uh, owner, founder of Sky Candy Studios, which... Um, Man, Sky Candy Studios has just blown up over the last uh, several years now. And so whether you know of Mike's work or not, you have probably seen it because he has worked with some of the biggest brands throughout the United States. Uh, Several colleges and sports teams have hired him to do uh, media stuff for them. And then he's even had a few uh, viral videos that have been reposted by the likes of James Gunn. So (laughs) you've probably come across his work somewhere, whether on YouTube or social media. Really, really honored to have uh, Mike on. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's an honor to be here. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So you're coming to us from Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm actually in Edina right now, which is just south of Minneapolis at the Lifetime Work. It's uh, it's kind of the HQ. Uh, basically live here at, at Lifetime Fitness. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, Edina, isn't that what's affectionately known as is uh, where the cake eaters live from Mighty Ducks? That. That's right. Yep. Banks from Mighty Ducks uh, was labeled the cake eater, and it's where uh, all the, the wealthy people live, and they eat a lot of cake, apparently. So, <laughs> Apparently so. <That's> right. <laughs> um, and well, that's, uh, I mean, I gave kind of the intro to, uh, to Sky Candy Studios, and I know that there's uh, a whole lot more um, in terms of your entrepreneurial background than uh, just the, the drone work and the uh, Sky Candy that you've started. Um, I think even from the first time that you and I met, at that point, you were buying a a smoothie bar inside of an LA fitness. And, uh, I know you've also got, um, uh, Airbnb and you've looked into real estate. You're, you've invested in Bitcoin at different points. So I know that there's a, a bunch of different ways that we could go with this interview, but since sky candy is the main thing that you're doing, uh, I'd love to just kind of get, get into the backstory of, um, how did you get into building a highly successful business around this very niche area of aerial photography and videography? Yeah, and I, I think I got the bug of the entrepreneurship from an early age. I, I was never great at working for uh, another person or another company. Um, I was a pretty average employee, and uh, which you know isn't the greatest quality, um, but I found that I really like building things myself, and I'll you know I go hard when um, when it's something that it's it's yours. Um, and so the origin story of Sky Candy basically started in 2010 when I decided to join the Army National Guard. Um, I kind of I was at a low point in my life. Uh, girlfriend broke up with me and kind of threw up the hands and said, you know what, I'm just going to join the Army, see what happens. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, get a drone operator job with the National Guard, which um, I didn't know what a drone was at that point. Uh, I mean, I'd, I've, I've heard of it, you know, I, I flew some Skyhogs back when I was a kid, but um, yeah. yeah, they offered me two jobs. They said, you can be a generator mechanic or you can be a drone operator and I said yeah I don't want to be a grease monkey let's do let's do drone stuff and um, so I was fortunate enough to get army training um, get into this field and the entire time I was in training I was researching um, you know how can you make a career out of flying drones I have this opportunity what are my options here and a lot of the options were you can um, get really skilled at these government drones and go down range to the Middle East and be a contractor. You get, you know, make hundreds of thousands of dollars tax free. Um, and then the other avenue was, um, you know, you can, there's this new industry that's starting with drones where you could potentially, you know, shoot photos for real estate and, you know, become a videographer through the, through the realms of, of flying drones. So, um, so in 2014, I um, made the decision. I actually, uh, I went to uh, 
Embry-Riddle to tour the school because I was like, well, if I take my military background with a four-year degree in UAS systems, which stands for Unmanned Aerial um, Systems, aka drone, um, I was like, oh, I could be uh, really specialized in this field. And I was really juggling um, the decision of, do I really go full headfirst into education and becoming an expert on systems, or do I start a company that provides services? And um, after uh, a long couple days of deliberation and touring the Embry-Riddle down in Daytona Beach, uh, decided on the plane ride back that I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at starting Sky Candy. Wow. Um, and, uh, it, it started in 2014. Wow! No, that's awesome. And you know, it's interesting too that you your story led you into as this was a job opportunity in the military and then you took this step in jumping into hey how can i expand on this and grow on this skill set that i've learned and i think a lot of times entrepreneurs have this idea of i need to just create something out of nothing or i'm going to go for something that i know zero about and we've had a lot of conversations too about hey what's just your next pivot move like what's the next closest thing that you can jump into based on what you've been taught and the skills you've learned. And so it seems like you made a pretty natural transition and, and just started exploring the opportunities that were at hand. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just the, the skill set that I had at the time. And, um, yeah, like you said, I wasn't going to invent anything. I had that entrepreneurial uh, bug and I wanted to, I wanted to do something. And, um, you know, it was, it was probably the best asset I had to, to start a company. So, yeah. um, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll dive more into kind of the early days of that and some of the things that you've learned as you've grown the company. But I'm curious, just, just in your backstory, I mean, military kind of started because of a low point in your life. Did you grow up saying, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? Did you have like different dreams or goals of things you wanted to be or you know, kind of where did that fall in the line? No, I, I, I don't think I got the bug um, until my early twenties. I, um, I didn't have a ton of ambition. I was really into sports, and all my energy went into uh, being a basketball player. And I played a little basketball in in college. And I think there's there was this unrealistic dream of like you know the NBA was was kind of the goal okay. <laughs> and so there wasn't uh, uh, there wasn't a ton of thought into you know starting uh, starting a business and I was um, I was going to school for criminal justice and in my path had very little direction it was kind of like well you know that's something I could maybe do and enjoy why don't we try criminal justice and see where it goes um, but then after a couple of years of school it's realizing I'm not I, you know, I'm not an authoritative figure. I'm not. I don't like that role, <laughs> and so it's kind of something you have to, you, you have to be. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it, I think the, uh, the the desire to build a business um, kind of grew over time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was gonna bringing it back to to Sky Candy. It's easy now in 2023. You kind of take. Um, aerial photography, videography for granted, and that you see it everywhere. Every real estate listing nowadays has a uh, drone uh, photography or some sort of video with it. You see it on a lot of, a lot more marketing stuff, but turning back the clock to 2014, when you started Sky Candy, I mean, how, uh, how many, uh, what kind of competition did you have at that point? Uh, what kind of model did you have that you were able to follow as you set out versus how much of this were you just having to figure out in real time and even introduce people to the idea of what a drone is and what you could do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was so new back then. And there were a couple players that were flying um, cinema cameras on these single rotor um, drone helicopters. Um, so it, it wasn't brand new to the industry. People were doing it, but it was still pretty raw and very dangerous. Um, and so in 2014, there was some new tech coming out where um, you could just start, like the first drone I had, basically you'd slap a GoPro 
on this thing. It unstabilized footage, and you couldn't see what the what the camera was seeing. So you'd put it up and <laughs> hit record and hope for the best. Uh, wow. So you weren't getting anything good at that time, but you were getting. It was still so new that people had never seen drone content yeah. before that it would still wow your average viewer. Um, and I was very fortunate to uh, get into this field um, when I did because it was the forefront of the new technology with uh, stabilized gimbals and um, being able to actually capture some some good looking um, footage from the sky from a, a relatively cheap price point. Um, so uh, in 2014, there was another drone that dropped by DJI, the now biggest drone company in the world. Um, they created this this phantom drone that had a built-in camera, and then you could use your phone to see exactly what the uh, the drone is seeing, and you could change settings. And uh, so, yeah, it, there's a lot of things that lined up perfectly for me, where it was like I made this decision. Um, there's this new technology that not too many people are using, and there's a huge need um, yeah. for this that people don't know they need it yet, but there's going to be a huge need for it in the next couple of years. And so um, a lot of things lined up perfectly. Um, and then you know, once I started filming with this, this new drone, um, and it was a big investment for me. I was pretty much broke at that point, and it was a, um, a $1,200 drone. It was like, yeah. I, I was going in debt for this thing. <laughs> like, yeah. So I remember flying it for the first time and I was like, I was like shaky. I was so excited and so nervous at the yeah. same time where I was like, wow, this is, this is my future. And wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, there's probably no uh, obstacle avoidance or anything on those either. Sorry. I was just saying like uh, on your $1,200 investment, no obstacle avoidance, probably uh, limited connectivity pretty easy to, to, oh, yeah. to lose that investment uh, if you're not <laughs> dead on. 100%. Yeah, 100%. It was, uh, I ended up crashing that drone six months later um, because they would sometimes just fly away and no one really knew why. <laughs> there was something with the compass that it would just get confused and they would head north and, and take off. Wow. And so <laughs> the technology has fortunately really evolved since then. Um, but what, one of the videos I created with that drone and you, if you look back at it now, it's unwatchable, it's horrible. But at the time, um, I created a Minneapolis reel where I just flew the drone out all the popular locations, um, around Minneapolis and it got a lot of traction with local media because it was just so new. And I remember listening to K-Fan, um, the local sports talk radio shows and, they were talking about that drone video on the air because it, it was uh, it was drones were drones were so new back then. Yeah. So it was it was really yeah. cool to um, to just get that type of exposure on um, uh, on a skill set that wasn't even really developed yet. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm curious as you started that and you were learning and you know you went from military side to you know on the the personal side and, and how do I make this a business because it was so new, did it sell itself in the footage and people were like, I got to have this, or did you try to build a marketing strategy? I mean, who was some of your early clients and, and, and what were you saying to them? Yeah. So, I mean, it was a slow start. It wasn't, um, you know, a, a lot of the, the first jobs was real estate. So I was shooting, photos and video for real estate, like really boring stuff. I mean, like really cool because it was so valuable um, uh-huh. to to the industry uh, because you'd never be able to showcase a lakeshore property like that before where you see the whole property, the house, the lake all in one. And it's just, it's, it was just so much more captivating than your typical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, that was a big part of the, the work I was in. And then I was started to just make friends in the industry who, would use us for travel films, um, you know, capturing like 5K event recap stuff. Um, yeah, it was you know pretty low budget stuff. But when you're when you're broke and you're an early entrepreneur, you appreciate. I mean, any sort of cash flow is nice, and you're doing what you love. Yeah. Um, it it kind of changes everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, I was I was happy to go out and, and shoot uh, a video for 500 bucks because that's uh, it's a pretty good day rate when you work at a juice bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to ask about next is just what the progression looked like from 2014 and you're taking, you know, the jobs that you can get, getting your name out there, $500 here or there, also supplementing with some other gigs and jobs. Uh, what what was the timeline and how did you scale up from this being a sort of a startup to now, you know, a, a very established uh, business that you're running? Yeah, uh, you know, for the first uh, five years, I, it was uh, more of a side hustle um, that I poured most of my energy into. And so, you know, at, at the time when I started it, I was um, engaged. Uh, I was, um, yeah, trying to um, find some foundation um, in my life. So I, I had to work. I was working at a juice bar, uh, as, as you alluded to, Nick. And um, yeah, so, you know, I was, I was making a little bit of money and then I was, you know, working. Uh, it gave me the flexibility to, to do Sky Candy on the side. And I, I did that for, for five years. Um, and at one point I was a architectural photographer for a company named CoStar, um, which was great. Um, and, uh, but I was, I was balancing these two things and fortunately Sky Candy kept getting busier and busier and we were able to, uh, get some larger clients over time. Um, and we, we got more into cinema drones, which opened up, uh, the ability to film for feature films, commercials, ad agencies. Um, and that opened up the door to, um, just more and more, uh, opportunity. And so a lot of the money we were making was, I was constantly put, just putting, it, putting it back into equipment and trying to be on the forefront of technology to be able to, to get these jobs. So, uh, with, I mean, with, with drone stuff, it's like you need the skill set, but you also need the equipment to give people, mm -hmm. the directors, what they want. Um, and then uh, in 20, or no, it was actually 2020 is when um, I felt I should jump in head first and make the jump um, to, to do this full time. If it's if it's ever going to be something that's real and sustainable, it's got to take 100% of my energy. Um, so, uh, and well, and also my boss at CoStar knew I was running Sky Candy, and she she kind of gave me an ultimatum, like, "Hey, I know you're occupied with this company. You need to pick one or the other, like CoStar or Sky Candy," and I. I was like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm going to work harder at CoStar, like, let's, you know, I didn't want to lose my health insurance. And then I thought about it for about an hour and I called her back and I said, I, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to quit. <laughs> and so that's, that's how, that's how the, the end of my corporate career and, um, and then dove headfirst in and, um, I'm super glad I did. I love that you Maybe. were willing to do that and you saw that. And I'm curious, a lot of times entrepreneurs or folks having a vision or a dream, they, they want to jump in and either they don't and they kind of ride that fence for a long time or you see people just kind of throw caution to the wind. I'm curious, you know, from 2014 to 2020, do you wish you would have jumped in sooner? Are you glad that you had it as a side hustle and grew it slowly over time? Just kind of reflecting back on your journey because, you know, could you have jumped in sooner and grown it quicker or what were, was it necessary to go slow? Just curious at your thoughts there. I, I think it was necessary to, to go slow and, and build it. Um, I, I feel like if I went in head first, you know, there's that chance where it could all fall apart, where you, you basically just run out of money and you don't know what to do. And then you're constantly stressed out. And I think the ability to run it on the side and give 75% energy over those five years, um, it, it just allowed uh, for just allowed to to slowly build and have lower risk of having a crash and burn um, and I think the I think the most important thing over those five years was just like quitting was never an option it was there was just the persistence of I I care about this so much that there's 
there's no chance I was ever gonna let it go, despite all the mm. the potential hiccups. Yeah. Um, and I think I think having it be more of a part time job helped with that. I was gonna ask you. I imagine for some of our listeners. Uh, they have side hustles that they're slowly growing, maybe in different uh, things that feel like a hobby or a passion project. Um, but they get to that point where their boss is saying, hey, we need you to be more dedicated here. And they kind of go through the same process that you went through. Um, could you unpack that hour of thinking a little bit more for our listeners as far as what was the switch from the initial conversation that you had with your boss to the callback an hour later? Uh, what went through your mind that was like, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to go all in on sky candy. Yeah. I think what was keeping me at my employer's job was a fear. Uh, you know, I, I think I knew it was time to make the jump, but there's also that, that fear of the unknown. And, uh, I, I was just wrestling with, with what that looked like. Um, and you know, there's, the comforts of a corporate job is is great. You know, they there was a company car they gave me. There was uh, really good health insurance. There's the four hundred one k, and you know the, <laughs> that's why they keep employees for twenty thirty years. It's it uh, yeah. it's comfortable, and I wasn't okay just you know living a comfortable uh, life like that because I didn't enjoy it. I. Um, it was a good job, but it wasn't what I was passionate about. And so I think in that hour of just thinking through it, um, it was really great that she gave me that ultimatum of, Hey, you've got to, you've got to you know, go all in on one of these two things. And, um, it just kind of gave me the, the ability to, to take a, take a leap. Well, what I'm hearing is that Sky Candy was ultimately born from one, a bad breakup, and then two, a boss that made you go out and do it on your own. So uh, <laughs> there's a lesson somewhere in that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, the it was really cool. Like the breakup story was great because when when that happened, I, I felt like, a, a bit of a failure, uh, a bit of like, where's my life going? It just, it just feels like, um, you know, my most likely to in high school was to live in a van down by the river as a joke, but I was, I was, <laughs> I was a bit of a, a screw up. So I think there's always been a little chip on my shoulder on like, I need to prove people wrong. Mm. You know, I wasn't, you know, more than just the class clown. And after that breakup happened, I, I felt that that chip once again and I remember being in the military um, in basic training being so adamant of like not getting kicked out of basic training I had a bad knee I was like I'm gonna fight through this knee where I'm limping on these runs because I felt like if I if I flunked out of the military it would just be another piece of of failure and I remember being so um, uh, so persistent on on this Um, there's and the lunches and the meals ready to eat, the MREs, there's candy and everyone would sneak the candy. You weren't supposed to do it. I, I didn't touch candy for the three months, even though everyone was doing it, even though I have a huge sweet tooth because of the fear of, of failure. And I was like, there's just no way. Um, and I think there is an element of grit of like, I'm not, I'm not going to lose again. I'm not going to flunk out of the military. And then that carried over to sky candy where it's like, I'm not going to let see this thing fail. I'm going to just continue this out no matter what happens. Um, and so, yeah, I think the, I think the, the rock bottoms can be really helpful sometimes. Yeah. I love that grit. And, uh, I also wanted to, you, you talked about the, the changing technology and trying to stay on the forefront of, of things. And, um, I mean, the, it sounds like initial drone projects that you were doing real estate stuff is, uh, pretty standard kind of what you imagine a, a plain uh, level uh, field I'm struggling with the, uh, the cinema, uh, cinematic language here but 
what I'm getting at is that you went from a uh, standard consumer drone kind of back to this rudimentary technology with FPV drones, which you could explain for our listeners far better than I could, but um, bringing a whole new perspective to uh, aerial videography. And uh, you had a video that, that absolutely blew up that was kind of one of the first like viral FPV videos that really put... Um, this FPV style on the map. And then I know that led to, you know, a handful of huge clients. You came out here to the Portland area for the Portland Timbers to do a big stadium tour before the the championship uh, MLS cup match. Um, So anyway, do you want to talk with us just a bit about what that looked like? Did you see the opportunity with FPVs? What was it like to experiment with that? And also, I know there's a bunch of questions in here, but uh, what was that like when you had that first viral video and things really started to pop? Yeah, and first of all, that Timbers game was awesome that you got to come to, and I remember getting misty-eyed at how fun that game was because they scored in the 94th minute. Um, Dude. And I was, I, was, I was hugging random people. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that was uh, oh. one of the best experiences in my life. So thank you <laughs> for that. Super, super fun. Super fun. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that question. And I would say with drones, the technology is uh, constantly evolving. And so, you know, keeping up with that is, is super important. And obviously FPV uh, has blew up um, in 2020. Um, during COVID, I think a lot of people had a lot of free time and I was not an early adopter to FPV and, you know, I could have been flying FPV in 2016. Um, but I thought that style of filming was for the kids and for the drone racers. And I was focused on cinematic footage and I was dead wrong. I I should have been, um, I should have seen the value of flying FPV, which is just more dynamic flying than your typical drone. Um, and yeah, so during during COVID, it opened up uh, a lot of time to just practice things that you typically wouldn't. You know, we <laughs> we all had a lot more free time than than usual, trapped in our houses. And so, uh, yeah, uh, really got into that. Um, we we worked with, or I worked with a couple other guys that really got into it, and we started playing around with this technology. And I had a friend uh, named Jay that got really into uh, big flying these one take style videos. Um, so we did some stuff at like malls and um, you know movie theaters, and it, it slowly just started picking up traction. Where it was like, well, these are really, really unique um, and super fun. And um, and so there was this bowling alley video uh, at Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. It's kind of an iconic spot. And I can't take uh, you know credit for this. Jay Jay was the one that that flew that that uh, that flight. Um, I was just in it, the guy polishing the uh, the bowling ball. Um, but that that video that video exploded and got you know I think a half a billion views or something insane. And it really just uh, changed the industry forever because of how many people we're talking about it and um, reposting it. And like you said, James Gunn was like, Hey, we got to have these guys on uh, guardians of the galaxy three. And um, I I think, um, yeah, I'd have to look back at all the publicity, but it was crazy. Every single news public publication in the world picked it up. I mean, it was um, BBC, uh, New York times, LA, like everywhere in the world. So it was just interviews constantly for, for a month, straight um and yeah it was it was really special and that just opened up uh, a whole new industry uh, and it was uh it was really exciting um so yeah yeah i love i love uh how that opportunity opened up for you and mentioning uh jay and having a community of folks that were there and kind of into it with you um what has that been like uh, and where I'm, where I'm coming from is I know a lot of folks that either have a side hustle, they have a passion project, they have something that they want to grow, but they feel very alone or isolated in it. Like they're the only one who's trying to do this thing. And, uh, 
to be so lonely mm-hmm. can make it really hard to grow. And so can you speak to what it was like to have a, a community of a few other people that were taking um, drones and the opportunity as seriously as you were and what that meant for your own uh, growth and how that even played in with um, kind of the risk calculus of going out on your own uh, full time with Sky Candy? Yeah, and I think videography in nature is a very communal uh, industry, but yeah, it's it's something where it, it takes a team um, to do anything in this field, to do anything really well, and so yeah, I mean it's it's huge for just inspiration on um, you know learning new techniques and new tech, um, communities, everything. Um, yeah, and I think. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a g- really great community here in Minneapolis um, that that wants to create good films. Um, but yeah, I, I, without that, uh, you know, I I would have burned out a long time ago. I think um, I think that's what makes it fun. You know, if I, if I was just out flying by myself every day, I would <laughs> it would be it would be lonely. And um, yeah, you just meet really good friends uh, in this industry, and it's uh, it's a complete game changer. And uh, we get to work with with good friends every day, um, and it's yeah, it's great. Love yeah. that. Where, where for the 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 company and the business today? You know, you had that huge moment, and obviously have capitalized on that in terms of the publicity and the views. So, what did that launch you into? You know after that moment and and how has the company grown and and what's maybe a day in the life look like today yeah you know a lot a lot has changed and i what's what's nice is it opened up a lot of doors to um to work with these huge brands and um when when that video happened there were we did have this uh community around this rally studios and since then we've kind of all gone our separate ways and you know most people still uh are in good graces but there was you know it's business so things happen and um there there has been a separation but what happened um was it opened a lot of doors to work with really really cool brands and fortunately sky candy got to fly um a job for nfl hard knocks um for the dallas cowboys and that was kind of the the next uh, viral video that hit, mm-hmm. and um, it was cool. Patrick Patrick Mahomes was tweeting about it. Uh, there was just a lot of like big names talking about it, and so that was almost like the um, the snowball effect was. There's we get the opportunity to make more viral videos, um, and so you know that happened, um, and that opened the door for you know more companies to see that especially in sports to say hey let's let's do something um and um yeah so we were able to really ride the momentum of these drone one takes and uh yeah we got to work with really cool teams we got to do wrigleyville last year um that got a lot lot of publicity so the ability to take this momentum continually create really good work um, that gets seen by a lot of eyeballs has really propelled the company forward to to get more and more opp- opportunities. And one thing that the Cowboys video did was it got us FIFA. Uh, we got to shoot FIFA World Cup in Qatar in 2022. And they saw that video and they were like, hey, we want innovative approaches to film our stadiums. And um, yeah, so I mean, r- really, really great opportunities coming from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to just pinch yourself, right, over some of these things. Or like the the uh, Bud Light video that you did with uh, Sylvester Stallone fairly recently, right? That was uh, <laughs> for the Eagles and the the whole Rocky thing, and um, the uh, the opportunities that it's opened up have got to be uh, crazy. I imagine with the success that you've had, also comes um, you know some unique challenges as well. In that, uh, with all of these um, projects that you're doing as awesome as they are, it also means that you're traveling all over the world, you know, from uh, you got to be in Dallas to shoot the Cowboys thing. You got to be in Qatar to shoot World Cup. And so um, talk to us, you know, for our listeners, uh, everybody dreams about what it's like to to achieve success beyond your wildest dreams. But I imagine that there's a kind of a, a, a 
another side to that success that's not as ideal as <laughs> is, is what you'd initially anticipate. And so what are some of the challenges now that you have on this side of the business that you either didn't anticipate or that are just hitting differently than, you know, when you were grinding it out the first five years? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think there's just constant stressors. And yeah, one of those for Sky Candy is the the travel. It's the more success you get, the more uh, logistical hurdles you got to you gotta jump over. And, um, you know, I, I have a family with, with two small kids. And so, you know, uh, working around schedules and um, figuring that out. Because we're still in, a, in an infant stage of this company where it's, I don't have a team to just send out to every job. I'm still kind of the face of a lot of this work. And so, um, yeah, I think the, a lot of conversations from the, in the family has been very, very helpful. And, you know, talking to my wife, Phyllis, on, you know, what does she need? How much is too much? Like, where's the balance there? And uh, there's definitely um, been some been some dark times and really good times and I think we've we've found what's working and what's too much and you know what's not enough uh, and I think just the conversations around that um, just having those conversations are super important um, yeah and then I think remembering back a lot of times you don't realize how good things are going and you're constantly um, thinking like oh it, it could be better or we missed out on this uh, and I've found it very helpful to look back to 2019 and remember, hey, look at how far we've come. Like, look at how good things are compared to to then. Like, mm-hmm. or like, if if you told my 20 year old self that I'd be doing this for a living, I should, I should, I would have a smile, the biggest smile on my face, and I should have a smile on my face every day, knowing like this is my dream. I'm living, I'm living my dream, and. On the day to day, sometimes you forget that, um, and uh, it's it's really helpful to to remember where you were and how far you've come. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's easy to lose sight of that and taking time to reflect on the journey, taking time to reflect on the lessons and the success is just vital for moving forward. And in that same thought. You've clearly been on the forefront of this industry and ridden the wave and the need that's come and leaned into your expertise. Curious what you see the future of the industry. What do you see the future of your company? Obviously, you have to continue to push and drive. So what do you, where do you think this thing's going next? Yeah, it's right now it's we're still in the infant stages of this industry and um, it's there's a lot of opportunity in the live stream realm. Uh, so live streaming for, for sports. Um, and you see that more and more um, every sporting event. I don't know if you watched the World Series this year, but there were uh, FPV drones flying around uh, pregame. And if there was a home run, they would be flying on the field. And it's giving these broadcasters just uh, this new look that really wows the viewers and what's cool about them is they're always pushing uh the boundaries of what's possible you know when when skycam got introduced it blew the viewer away where you can have these aerial views around football games and then i don't know if you remember when they started using depth of field for sports games where all of a sudden you see tom brady in focus and everything else is blurred behind and so whoa this looks this looks amazing compared to your, you know, generic um, cameras that they were using before. And so there's a huge push right now that we're working with a lot of sports teams, the leagues and the broadcasters on finding a way to integrate these into sports safely. Um, and it's it's so new to everyone. Everyone wants to do it. Everyone just wants to make sure it's safe. And so we're developing, we're trying to develop the safest drone possible that can, that can live stream. So that, that is kind of the, the future, what we're really focusing in on, um, especially of the consistency of these contracts where, you know, a lot of work we do is one-offs with corporations and it's great, but to, to get a contract um, over years is what we are striving for. Yeah. 
That's really cool. And I'm curious too, just, um, you obviously, Nick kind of alluded to this, like, and you've said it too, you caught this industry at just an amazing time, kind of this, uh, this crucial point of where it was brand new, um, to the consumer, but also drones themselves were becoming more attainable to, you know, folks like yourself that were just starting out. Um, and, uh, now in 2023, you can go to Costco and pick up uh, a drone that's four times better than your first drone for 300 bucks. Um, and so the the technology is a lot more accessible. It's a lot more affordable. Do you feel like this is still an area where somebody who, as a hobbyist and is wanting to turn it into more of a a full-time thing? Like, is there still opportunity for those guys to get into it? Have they missed that wave entirely? Um, uh, that's always a question that we get from people that are wanting to start something. Um, it's just, did I, did I miss mm. it? Did I miss my shot? Mm. I'm curious. What I you think, think for a lot of people, yes. I think, yeah, I, I think it's, it's harder now than it was. Um, However, I think there's still specific niches that uh, if you uh, if you attack one sector of the industry um, and really learn it and have a great understanding of what that is, there's still there's still room for you. And I think um, uh, from a if you're looking to you know eventually get hired as a drone operator, I think there's plenty of room for really talented, skilled operators. Um, I think if you're going to start a company, it's going to be a little more difficult just because um, there's uh, there's a narrowing down of, of companies right now. It's it, There's going to be um, 10 to 15 really big players that are going to get um, 90% of the work, and then there's going to be um, everyone else fighting over the 10%. Um, so I think it's it's difficult, but not not unfeasible. There's still a long way to go um, in the evolution of this industry, and we're not, you know, we're not even close to where uh, to the end point. So, yeah, I'd say uh, it's possible. It's definitely possible to still get in this industry, especially um, like one 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 easy way to get into it is um, FPV fly-throughs for real estate. Um, I think that's uh, an easy thing to learn now with the new DJI DJI Avada. You can put a month of practicing in, understand how to fly that system, and reach out to realtors um, and, you know, make make 400 to $800 per fly-through. Um, and I've seen it firsthand. I have a friend who did that locally who, um, right now it's a little slow because the real estate market is slow, but uh, this last summer I saw him have a nice little side hustle doing that and he just started up this year. So. I think there's still room for entrepreneurs to to make a little bit of a splash in this industry. The, that principle of finding a niche and specializing in something uh, where you're able to add value to the market, I think that that applies to whether you're wanting to get into to doing uh, drone uh, work as a side hustle or whatever your, your side hustle is. If you feel like you're in a saturated um, industry or, or market, uh, to really hone in on one particular thing where you can add value that, you know, you can do it better than the majority of the other people mm -hmm. that are offering it is a, is a good route to take. All right, Nick, mm -hmm. I'll turn it back to you. <laughs> well, and I just, I know as we're <clears throat> coming here to wrap up this thing pretty quick, you know, one of the things, obviously our podcast is titled Abundant Journey and we've had the ability and privilege to kind of follow you along your story and your journey. But the abundance concept comes from, you know, not having a scarcity mindset that the world oftentimes chases after and, and, and really is so linear in their thinking. I think one of the ways you talked about it was that corporate comfortable job, that scarcity mindset of just getting by, just barely having one or two things that you're, you're, you're going, whereas the world is full of potential, full of opportunities and and you've you've not only lived it but you've traveled it. I mean, with the places that Sky Candy has taken you. So, you know, really, just I don't know that I have a specific question as much as you know. How do you view abundance in this industry versus scarcity? And maybe what are some things you've seen 
as you've been willing to jump and go for your dreams? I mean, obviously rewarded for it, but just speak a little bit to abundance versus scarcity, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, I think um, there there is some scarcity uh, mindset in this industry where you feel um, as if if you if you see someone else winning, you're losing. But that's that's not the the case at all. Um, you know, there's there is enough enough work to go around. And I found like the people that are the, that are the most successful are the ones that are willing to work well with others and to um, like we said, in, like the community aspect of it, to build build their community and to to learn from others and. Um, yeah, if, if you're able to develop a lot of good friendships and um, you're, you're going to be most likely successful, uh, I, I see it a lot where there, there's a lot of animosity in this, in this industry as well, where, you know, everyone's, everyone's um, going after a lot of the same clients. And um, sometimes that, that, creates, um, that creates some, some animosity and uh, that, that just... Um, that never works. Once you become known as the the person that's um, you know, that's constantly jealous, that's trying to tear other one, people down, it um, it doesn't. No, no one wants to work with you at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think I think just being open to uh, basically sharing sharing the work, working well with others is is huge. It's good. Nick, you want to take us to Golden Nuggets, my man? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, <clears throat> this has been awesome. We, uh, we're jumping into the last gold nugget round. It's the same four questions we ask all of our guests. I know we've had uh, quite a few discussion points on some of these, but here, let's dive in. So at Abundant Journey, we talk about the five Fs, and I just am going to have you pick one of these and tell us as we are walking into 2024 here, how are you working on improving or growing in that area? So one of the five here, family faith, fitness, finance, and future. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Uh, family, fitness, faith, finance, and future. What else we got? Yeah. Finance and future. Um, well, this is maybe kind of boring, but I've been thinking a lot about, um, just fitness in terms of like physical fitness and mental fitness and how I can operate, um, at a high level. Um, for a uh, for the physical fitness, I have a horrible back, and I throw my back out constantly. And uh, a big portion of me just being ready to do my job is just maintenance. And um, sometimes it's just slowing down um, and realizing, like, look, I got to take care of myself. Otherwise, I can't take care of my work and my family, and everything gets derailed. Um, and so, you know, taking time to, uh, you know, spend an hour doing yoga, um, you know, doing those, those small things that's gonna, you know, pay off in the long run instead of, um, just go, 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 travel, travel, travel. And then you break down and, uh, you can't be there for, for your, your employees and your, your family. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, the, um, the mental side of things too, uh, you know, it's it's so easy to catastrophize and just get yourself in uh, a stressed out state um, when you're running a business. Uh, and so, just taking the time to to wake up, you know, pray, have a quiet time, get off your phone, and really dial in like what's important, um, and have having like a really good perspective on things. Um, I I'm. I seem very, uh, people say I seem pretty calm and collected on the outside, but I'm a very anxious person and I, I let that, uh, I really let that get to me. And so if something goes wrong with the business where like maybe there's a job I really wanted and we lose it, that can just derail me. And so I, um, I'm really working on just calmness and, uh, peace, peace of mind. So, uh, yeah. And you know, it's been, it's been a good six months once I, uh, Really dialed in quiet time and meditation and prayer. That's that's super good. And we've had some folks talk physical fitness and and that's their goal moving into the next year and and something that's on top of their mind. It all ties in together. But we haven't had too many people talk about the mental side. And and even 
I think earlier you talking about reflecting back on your journey and spending time being grateful for where you've come from, a lot of times that helps you be grounded, I think, in spite of where you want to go because we get so focused on next, 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 next. So I love that. That's that's a great answer. Uh, next one here, what's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you along your journey? Ooh, this is probably <laughs> this is the one I was worried about. It's gonna catch me off guard. I I don't have a lot of quotes in in my back pocket, but one one that that's always kind of stuck with me since high school was uh, Teddy Roosevelt's little poem about the man in the arena. Yeah. And it it sucks because Miley Cyrus got it tattooed on her, and it's like I feel embarrassed now, um, even you know having this as my quote. But Teddy. Teddy just made a great point of like the credit goes to um, the person that actually goes in and does the work and you know instead of being with the cold timid hearts on the sideline critiquing everyone um, you know actually like going in and doing it uh, you'll find you know just so much more um, fulfillment in life and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of truth to that. no that's that's one of the all-time favorites for a lot of us so I, I'm right there with you that's good Next one here, what's a dream or goal that you have that you've not been able to make happen yet? You know, one thing that my wife and I um, are sort of just getting into now is uh, real estate and rental properties. And we have one cool rental in the woods of Wisconsin right now. And I think um, I think our goal down the road is to to maybe have like four or five properties that we're running. And I mean, Phyllis runs it, my wife. Um, she's the one that's communicating with the guests and, and doing the work. And um, I think that's uh, kind of a new side hustle that we've really been enjoying. And uh, good. So I think that's that's another business goal for us. That's good. Very I'm going to start sending you uh, listings out here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> hey please do please do Phil yeah. Is, yeah we love we love coming out it's awesome oh yeah yeah it's right. here. Uh, of course we got a lot of rain going right now but c- definitely visit in july to september <laughs> <laughs> deal, well, deal. last one here at the end of your life what do you hope you'll be remembered for i would like to be remembered um for someone that you know gives more than he takes and i think um I think in your 20s, you're very selfish. In your 30s, you sort of have this realization that like it's not about you, it's about family and other people. And I, I hope to progressively uh, become more selfless and give my time to, to others and um, to really um, uh, just find more and more community. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers the question, totally. but um, to think, I would like People to say he thought of himself less and was was kind and thought thought uh, was thoughtful of others. I think that's kind of good work. I love that man, and that totally captures the heart of Abundant Journey, where uh, you know what we see time and time again is just that following your entrepreneurial dreams and desires does kind of open up the opportunity for more radical generosity. We've just seen that that the people that have been uh, most of them that have been most successful are also the most generous with their time and with their knowledge and um, being able to to help others out. So really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of the the things that you've learned along the way in your journey and uh, really excited for for your uh, future as you continue to grow Sky Candy, as you build the team around you, as you have more and more opportunities. I'm sure that us and our listeners will continue to see your work, whether we recognize it as yours or not right away. Um, just awesome. All the things that you're, uh, you're doing. So we will drop links to, um, your social media profiles, as well as a couple of the videos that we had mentioned in here. Is there anywhere else that you'd send people that you'd, for them to connect with you or follow along? I'd say, yeah, I'd say website, uh, Instagram. Uh, we are on TikTok. I'm never on TikTok, but, um, and then our YouTube channel is probably a great, a great place. Cool. Well, I'll include links to all of those in the show notes. So listeners, be sure to check those out. And uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here, be sure to send it along to a friend and leave us a review. Otherwise, we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>